Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Bill Berman is a senior consultant to executives, and he has extensive experience in coaching and consulting, leadership development, and talent management, and line management for professional services and consulting organizations. Bill is knowledgeable in organizational design and structure, system dynamics, organizational politics, and leadership communications. And he's also effective in planning and executing strategic business plan. This sounds like a gentleman who has a full plate. On top of all of that, he's also a licensed board certified psychologist, and he's also the author of the recently uh, produced book, Influence Impact and Impact, Discover and Excel at What Your Organization Needs from You the Most. Welcome, Bill. Thank you. Great to be here. It's great meeting you, and I did a light introduction of you to our audience, and I think they'd love to hear a little bit more about your background and how you're currently interacting in the marketplace. So um, I, for the past 17 years, I have been an uh, executive coach and an um, executive consultant, so I work with individuals, teams, and organizations to increase their effectiveness. Um, I started doing this um, after I left a software company. Um, so I don't I have a roundabout kind of career. I don't have this sort of straight line trajectory that a lot of people I know do. Um, I started out as a clinical psychologist um, and uh, did what they do, which is psychotherapy and teaching and research. Um, was at Fordham University and Cornell Medical College. Um, and, but for a variety of reasons, I started a software, I started a consulting firm, um, which then quickly morphed into a software company. This was in the mid nineties. Um, and so I ran that software company for, for almost seven years, at which point my partner and I sold it to a healthcare information system organization. And that's where I ran a professional services group, um, where we, there, I had a team of about 25 folks and we did all the professional services for the people who were buying our, our enterprise software system. And uh, I left there in 2004 and started doing this. So it's, you know, I've, 
I've had a lot of different experiences, which actually plays really well for the work as a coach, because I have the depth of the psychological understanding that I got in the first part of my career. And I have real business understanding from the second part of my career. So those two pieces are really important building blocks for being an executive coach, as you know. I do. And oftentimes they clash. (laughs) <laughs> the psychology and the needs and requests of the business world. So when you went to college, did you uh, major in psychology? Did you intend to be a psychologist when you graduated? I did. That, uh, it was the, that was quite a while ago. That was at a time where, where a clinical psychologist was an independent practicing professional making quite a good living. Um, and unfortunately, um, managed health care um, saw mental health care as a, as a great place to save money um, and really cut into the services that we could provide. And it became a very different field for me. I tried doing it for quite a while. My wife is still a clinical psychologist and, and God bless her. She's doing a wonderful job. Um, but um, I needed to find something that would be uh, both more gratifying and financially beneficial. So, right. Well, Certainly understandable. And I'm just wondering if you could walk us through a little bit of your book, Influence and Impact. Uh, It sounds related to bravery in the workplace. I haven't read it, but I'm making an assumption that there may be some connections. But before we get there, can you tell us what the book is about and what is it that you wanted to tell the business world and even private individuals about influence and impact in the workplace? So when I coach people, I find that Um, a fair number of them seem to be struggling, not because they're not competent, but because that something else has gone wrong. And and what I realized uh, over time is that one of two things had were were misplaced. Either the person didn't really understand what the job was supposed to be, what other people needed, what your manager, what the team, what the organization needed you to do in that job or they didn't understand the culture that you operated in. And so you, I would find people who were doing half the right job, but missing an essential part. And, or I would find somebody who was getting done exactly what was needed, but was doing it in a way that the organization couldn't absorb because it was counterculture. And so I found a lot of times what I spent a lot of time doing as a coach was helping people to understand what their job really was, not what they wanted it to be or not what they were afraid of or not what they were comfortable with, but what the job really is and helping them to understand that that in any new environment, you have to understand and adapt to the culture, you know, whether it's a business culture or a family culture or a community culture or a national culture. Um, If you don't adapt, you're going to have a much harder time. And that we call it in, in psychology, we call it um, cultural agility. Um, but that's a lot of people don't have that and don't even know that they need it. And so a lot of what I do is helping people discover that. Well, you and I probably have somewhat similar experiences. When I work with clients, you know, I believe that most of my clients 
have been trained very well on what they do. So whether they're an attorney or a pharmaceutical engineer or a manufacturing executive, you know, they went to college and they took courses and nobody knows what they do better. And in fact, most of my clients are introduced to me as an expert in what they do. It's how they do it that they are deficient on because they didn't go to school for that. There were no high school or college classes. And sure, they maybe took something through the American Management Association really on how to be a better delegator, but they lack really the skill set and strategies around how to be an effective leader, how to influence others, you know, how to have an impact, things of that nature. Is that consistent with your experience? 100%. The other piece of that is, and you, you picked lawyers uh, early on in my career uh, as a coach, I had a client who came in to me and he said, I need your help. I don't know what to do. He said, I've spent the last 20 years as a litigation attorney, um, uh, basically getting into fights with people. I'm now the general counsel and I have to get along with everybody. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> And, you know, so that's what I mean by they're not doing the real job. You know, he he could have easily just stayed there and been, you know, argumentative and combative and pushed for his point of view. But he had had the the social judgment to realize that the job required something different of him now. And and I would imagine he was hired and I'm speculating because of what he was. Right. He was an uh, experienced litigator, maybe had a fantastic caseload of successful wins. Uh, maybe they didn't spend enough time identifying how he operated and they could have helped him, right? They could have said, look, you know, we want you to flip a little bit on how you've been interacting with others and we'll provide you a coach or training or send you elsewhere. But, you know, we want you to be more effective on that side. So, Bill, when you think about influence and impact in the workplace, where does bravery come in? Uh, you know, if you could talk or think a little bit about the uh, existence of or uh uh, reality around bravery in the workplace and how it might influence or impact your clients. So I think that it does in a couple of ways. I think it, it, it impacts me and it impacts my clients. I think as a psychologist, um, I learned that, that you can't be just supportive of people that you needed to confront them or um, it, when they were when they were doing things that were harmful to themselves or others, and I don't mean confront them in an aggressive way, but you needed to to bring it up to the front and and talk about it and address it and help them understand wh- why this thing was a problem for them and for other people. And so I learned to do thing to to be direct with people in a way that I think a lot of people have trouble with. And it does require bravery because they're not going to like you. You're going to hurt their feelings. Um, all these fears that you have when you're direct with people that you're going to do some damage or something either to, to them or to the relationship or to yourself. So to me, I spend time with every single client having to come up and be brave with them and say, look, here's what I think is the real issue. Um, you know, there's a there's a book out, not my book, unfortunately, um, called Radical Candor. And what the fundamental message of Radical Candor is, is you have to be direct with people, but you have to be direct because you care about them and you want to be helpful to them and what happens to them matters to you. Well, I think that I just want to comment real quick. I think that's one of the ironies around bravery in the workplace. If you're saying something to a colleague because you care and you want to help them, 
we still avoid it, right? Because we're either underskilled or not confident that what we're going to say or how we're going to say it will come out correctly or that the person's going to receive it correctly. So I want to help you. I want to improve the experience that you're having with others. And yet I don't say something or I avoid or dismiss saying something because I'm worried. And I'm not sure if you find that to be ironic. I do. Uh, but You know, my one of the first people I ever worked with, it was actually before I knew I was an executive coach, um, I was brought into a company to um, work with one particular group that was apparently experiencing a ton of stress. And so when I went in and I talked to them and tried to understand what the stress was all about, it became very clear that the CEO who had brought me in um, was the source of all their stress because he was yelling at them and he was storming into meetings and he was telling them what they needed to do and storming out. And um, so I didn't know I shouldn't do this. So I just went into him and I said, you don't have a stress problem. You have a you problem. <laughs> and he looked at me like nobody's ever talked to me that way before. <laughs> and I said, you're stressing everybody out. You've got to calm down. You've got to take this more, you know, step at a time because they can't, they don't know what to do with all that passion that you're showing. Um, and so we spent, instead of doing stress management with this one group, I ended up doing coaching with this, with this executive who learned to calm down, learned to be a little more rational, learned to manage his passion. But it never would have happened if I hadn't sort of hit him between the eyes with a two by four. Well, I always love it when you're hired to come in and solve a problem and the source of the problem is the person <laughs> who hired you in the first place, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so how about you, Bill? Do you have a story from your career at a time that you did not show bravery that you'd love to share with our audience and specifically the impact or uh, outcome that that lack of bravery had on you personally? Well, you know, to some extent, um, I do that. I do that every couple of years. I have a failure of bravery because I will have a. <laughs> it's like it's like schedule. Um, well, you know, I, I being I like to be liked. I want to be liked by people. Right, that matters to me, and I want to be appreciated by people. And like everybody, like most people, I worry that if I'm too direct or too blunt with someone they're, they're not going to like me. And I, it's not like I'm actively thinking about that, but I know enough about myself to know that's what's going on. And so I will have a client who, um, I need to tell that person that there's something problematic that they're doing and I don't do it or I don't do it clearly enough. And, and I back, so I back off, I get chicken and I, I soft pedal it or I, you know, and I had, I have a client recently where I think the guy got uh, let go in part because I wasn't direct enough and with him and confrontational enough with him about what he was doing. And so it didn't change quickly enough. Um, that just, it just happened recently with somebody who I, I don't know, but I wish I had been more direct with him about how his intensity um, and wearing his heart on his sleeve was creating problems for him in the organization he worked in. Well, I think you and I are probably very similar because I too like to be liked and I too like to be appreciated. 
And yet in coaching, you need to be honest and candid with people potentially in ways that others are not because of politics and hidden agendas, et cetera. And, you know, I think I have found a way and it's taken me several years to do it as an independent versus working at a company to tell people exactly what they need to hear, but do it in a way that they still like me. So, you know, I, I don't want them to dislike me because I'm being candid with them. So I know I have to do it in a way that, you know, maybe a little softer and I might ask for permission. Hey, I want to tell you something that might sting a little. Are you open to hearing it? And if they say yes, then I feel a little bit better. But, you know, there is a way, I believe, that and this is a big piece of bravery because one of the reasons we avoid being brave is we're afraid of damaging the relationship that if I tell you something about how others are experiencing you, you're going to make me the person who is bringing it up to your attention and you're not going to like me. And of course, as someone who likes to be liked, that's problematic. So I avoid it. Uh, but, you know, but it's, it's finding a way to tell somebody something that they need to hear respectfully and candidly that doesn't leave them feeling like they just got hit over the head with a two by Exactly right. A hundred percent right. And, you know, it, for, for those of us who want to be liked, that's an ongoing challenge. Um, and so for me, I, you know, I can tell you it pops up every couple of three years, you know, that I'm, I have to remind myself, no, you gotta, you gotta deal with this. Yeah. And I think that's true for all of us. Most of the people who talk on the podcast about bravery would say that you can't ever eliminate the fear that whatever you're feeling, uh, related to what it is you want to say or do that's going to be hard but helpful, don't pretend like the people who do it all the time aren't fearful because they probably are. They just still face into it and keep going versus the majority of the rest of us potentially who just say, well, I'm not going to say that and move on and I'll, I'll put up with it and I'll survive, et cetera. So let me put uh, ask you, Bill, to put on your psychology hat for a moment. And I know we may be going back a couple of years just based on your education. But, you know, is there, you know, what is the definition of or, you know, what is the psychology around bravery? You know, why is it such a common experience for people? I think we all have had moments where we look back on reflection and say, I could have been braver. I could have said something and I didn't, whether it's at a meeting or a conversation with a boss who I'm having a hard time with. Everyone I've ever met, every client I've ever worked with, at every company I've ever worked with, everyone has had one of these moments. And I'm not trying to put you on the spot and have you give us some kind of Socrates-like assessment, but you know, is there something our listeners would appreciate hearing connecting or relating the psychology of life with bravery? You know, there's a, there's, there's a lot of ways I can answer that question, but I was um, watching, re-watching Saving Private Ryan um, a couple of weeks ago. And I think it was Tom Hanks who was talking to one of the people and said something like, bravery is not about how you feel because everybody is scared. Um, it's about what you do in spite of how you feel. And, you know, bravery is fundamentally an action. Um, and it is an action that you take that opposes your emotional state. And it's hard because we all tend to link thoughts, feelings, and behaviors as being all one thing. And being brave means you have to separate out how you feel from what you think about that feeling from what you do with that. And brave people say, yes, I'm scared. 
yes, I'm intimidated. Yes, I don't want to feel bad, but I got to do this anyway. And I'm um, my my whether you call it a super ego or an ego ideal or just my morality or my passion tells me I have to do this, even though it's scary and um, dangerous. Well, I love that uh, reflection, Bill. Thank you so much. You know, I will tell you, Saving Private Ryan is one of the three movies that have ever come out that uh, I always cry at Me the too. end. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm talking about after the the ending, but the final, final ending with the, the cemetery scene. Where he uh, said, was I a good man? Yeah, yeah. Was I a good man? Um uh, but I love that, that bravery is not an action, right? That it's something you do in a, opposing what you're feeling in order to help others and make great progress. So, Bill, thank you so much for your time today and your thoughts and observations. Again, your book is Influence and Impact, Discover and Excel at What Your Organization Needs the, from You the Most. I'd love for you to tell folks how they can contact you if they'd like to hear more about your book or the work that you're Easiest doing. Easiest way to do that is through my website, which is www.bermanleadership.com. Um, and that's B-E-R-M-A-N. Um, it's, uh, you, you can get information about me. You can send me an email through that. You can get links to ordering the book through that. There's a it's that's really the best place to go to to get all the information you need. Fantastic. Bill, thanks again for chatting with us. Thanks. Today. It's been a pleasure talking with you, Ed. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and our download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cap at Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at capitrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.